Interested in becoming a <laughs> a police officer? Well, serving up, we have Bobby Sachs, a Lynchburg police officer. I'm rocking my dare shirt for this, so I hope you guys will enjoy. A post of a Lynchburg officer having lunch with a homeless man has gone viral in our area for all the right reasons. 10 News reporter Magda Lalusad spoke with that officer. She joins us now live in the Hill City to tell us why the officer did it. Magdala? Well, Lindsay and John, Officer Robert Sachs says he didn't do it for attention. He says he did it because he wanted to make Chris, the homeless man's day, a little better. He's sitting down on the grass eating lunch with a homeless man named Chris. I was hoping no one was taking a picture. Sachs didn't know someone captured the moment from Saturday morning. He says he was driving behind businesses on Wards Road, making sure no one was there when he saw the 32 year old homeless man sitting up against the brick wall. He then drove to Chick-fil-A. I said, you want to have Chick-fil-A with me? And, you know, I, I just wanted to sit on the ground a little bit and just see what he sees. And here we are, we have Officer Robert Sachs. We know him as Bobby Sachs, um, former Marine, right? Um, yeah. Currently now uh, a Lynchburg, Virginia police officer, as well as a wrestling coach. And he's from South Plainfield, New Jersey, my hometown. Uh, you know, I have pride in my hometown and us South Plainfield people, we stick together. What's up, Bobby? How are we doing? Good, good, good. Ready to work tonight. Got to work six to six, so uh -huh. I mean, long night. Long night, long night. Is uh, how is it now with with the whole COVID nineteen? Is it business as usual, or is it are there extra precautions? It's it's definitely impacted us big time. You know, we're taking every precaution now. You know, it was always you know wash your hands, hand sanitizer. You know, but now we're not just dealing with you know people who are bleeding to have possible diseases, you're dealing with this virus now. And we already had one test positive last week for it. And um, it's just, it's it's definitely something that's in the back of your head all the time. You know, it's, your safety is always in the back of your head, but now you have another thing to worry about with this coronavirus. And it's just, it's, it's changed the way we do our business big time. Yeah, right. It's something you, you can't see. Um, is there any extra precaution? Like, do they have you wear face masks to calls or? Oh, um, so I wear my gloves. I always have gloves on anyway on my calls just in case I'm dealing with someone bleeding or anything. We have uh, face mask and all that that we use, but um, it's we're just taking extra precaution. I mean, it's stuff we should have been doing in the first place anyway, you know, but it, it's, it's changing a little bit. You know, you're more hesitant to go inside people's houses and not knowing what people have now with this corona stuff you know but our dispatchers are doing good you know asking certain questions but i mean you, you still got a job to do regardless right right yeah i mean and you still can't stop working and you still gotta you know put other people first no yeah, matter that, that's a big part of it huh being a police officer and you you said that you know taking extra precaution now um this whole thing you know it's, it seemed like people were just getting too comfortable with their everyday lives and then this this pandemic happened so now i feel like this could help 
put a lot of things back into perspective when we do go to normal. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, you think about, I mean, I was, when all this started happening, I was in Orlando, Florida, and I was at SeaWorld and all that. And I didn't think, oh, man, let me wash my hands every time. Or if you go like out to eat and there's like a salad bar, you know, you didn't care about who was touching that handle before. You're just like, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to eat at this point. I, I don't care who touched it. So, I mean, it definitely, I mean, it's impacting everyone, healthcare workers, first responders, but even impacting those with their jobs being impacted. So, Right. Yeah. And uh, you guys are first responders. I mean, you know, same thing with people in the, the healthcare uh, industry and, and everything like you guys, you know, if there's a call, you don't know what's going on, but you know, you got, that's what you guys signed up for. That's what, you know, that's why we take pride in, you know, our police officers and everything. So I want to thank you for that, but you're yeah. right. You know, you get a call, you have to go. There's no fear. You just go and, and do it. And that's, that's the great thing. What's your mindset going into those calls? Uh, really, you, you can't get complacent. So, um, you know, you might get a domestic call every single day, the husband and wife fighting, and you don't know, you know, if you say, oh, it's going to be like every other domestic and all that, you know, it, it messes with your head. You can't get complacent. So, you know, every, every call you have to treat as a new call. And at the end of the day, it, you, it's about safety. So, you know, the, the reality is, you know, it's gonna, you, there's a certain amount of safety that you can, you know, help, but at the end of the day, you know, if there's someone behind a closet door, you know, and they have the advantage on you, or if you knock on a door, you know, when they open that door, they have a slight advantage on you. That's just the reality. I mean, you, we've seen it in history, like recent history with ambushes happening. It, it's just at the end of the day, you just trust your training and trust your instincts and just hope that, you know, everything works out in your favor, but there's, there's some parts that you just can't control. You know, you don't, you don't always have an advantage, you know, your training is what you're relying on. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, your, your job is to go home. Right. And a, a lot of that is, the, you know, your job is to go home at the end of the day and, you know, keep your, yourself safe and, and keep society safe. Um, and, and you said trusting in your training, is that something you picked up from wrestling? You know, you're a high school wrestler, you know, had a pretty, pretty great career for the South Playfield Tigers, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it's funny. So, you know, anytime I've had to go into hands-on situation such as a fight, I, I always somehow go back to wrestling. And, and it's, it helps me a lot because obviously, you know, in wrestling, when you're controlling someone, you're not, you know, causing severe harm to them. You know, you're controlling them on the ground, whatnot. Um, but sometimes, you know, it, it can bite you. You know, I, I was – I got bit in the hand one time because I was cross-facing someone trying to get their hands <laughs> out of their pocket. So when I was going across, they just latched down on me and they just wouldn't let go. So, I mean, I, I use it every single day whenever I, if I'm in a hands-on situation, which is pretty frequent, you know, um, I tell people all the time, everyone's experience in law enforcement is going to be different. Um, I was looking up some today, for example, you know, uh, so if you ask me, oh, you know, what's the life of a police officer, you know, what my experience is going to be like is going to be completely different from someone, you know, in South Plainfield, not saying that, you know, they're better or worse than me, but, you know, uh, as kids, you know, we could ride bikes at one o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night, you know, and not think anything of it, you know, but, you know, crime rates just are different, you know, like I pulled this up earlier, you know, in the past year, you know, Lynchburg city had eight murders, 33 rapes and 44 robberies that were, you know, actually notated, so reported, 
you know, in South Plainfield, zero murders, uh, zero rapes, and where is it? 18 assaults. So, you know, the, everyone's experience is going to be different. You know, my dad was a cop in Warren for 30 years. And I remember after my first murder, I, I just told my dad, I was like, what the heck do you like? How do you like do this? And he goes, I, I don't know what to tell you. I never, you know, been through something like that. You know, and, and I learned after a lot of calls, you know, suicides and, um, you know, high speed pursuits, you know, when I try and talk to my dad and I just learned that, you know, everyone's experience is different. Just like, you know, if you talk to me and then you talk to like a cop in Chicago, you know, their experience is going to be a lot different. So it's it, it really comes down to where you work and what you do, you know. So, you know, we, we stay extremely busy in Lynchburg. It's it's never a dull moment where, you know, 20 plus calls in a night is not is not a surprise. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. You're right. You know, because there are different regions in the country that just have low crime rates. You know, they're, yeah. you know, they're busy. They're busy calls is like an alarm going off at, you know, mm-hmm. two o'clock in the morning. Yours is, you know, all those things that you mentioned, um, you know, uh, and does being in the Marines, right? You mentioned being in the Marines. Mm-hmm. It, does that does that help with, uh, you know, decision makings and everything that you train there? So when, when it comes to decision making, as a police officer, you really you don't have time to think most of the time. You know, you got to make a split second decision and you just have to go with your gut. Um, essentially, wrestling just was the foundation and rest, and then the Marines just added a little bit. But then it was wrestling that got me through that. And then police department, you know, it was wrestling again. You know, I, I always tell people the hardest thing I ever gone through was, you know, I, a practice with McCann and having Foscola just kill me every day. Yeah. I mean, that was like the hardest of the heart. I just, everything in life is easier now because of those situations, you know? So when it comes to decision-making it, you just have to trust your, uh, your training, but it's also a mental thing, you know, how you can remain calm under pressure. You know, it, it's something called, that we call tunnel vision as one of the like most dangerous things that a police officer can do is when they're just, so focused on one thing and they're just not aware of their surroundings, you know, and that's how, you know, they crash the cars or, you know, someone's behind them and they don't even know. Right. Right. And, uh, right out of high school, you decided to go to the Marines, huh? Yeah. So it, it was a long journey. So I graduate before I graduated, I really, I was stuck on where I, where I wanted to go to college. It never was military. I never, you know, even, you know, in South Plainfield, military is not a big thing. Not, you don't, I mean, you got a handful of people, but, you know, it wasn't something big. So while I was probably end of junior, beginning of senior year, I was trying to decide what I wanted to do sport-wise because I wanted to play sports in college. And I was looking at, you know, football a little bit, but then, you know, with I started to love wrestling so much. I was like, you know, I really want to try and get into wrestling now in college. So I went to Wilkes uh, in Pennsylvania. I took a tour of that. But, but my problem was I just – I could not leave. I, I just felt so safe in South Plainfield. Like, this is, everyone knows me, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Wrestler. I, I'm, I'm the cool guy, you know, and, and I just didn't want to leave all my friends, not knowing that they're actually, most of them are leaving, you know, going to colleges, Rutgers, UNC and all that, you know, they're leaving to go. So I ended up just saying, you know, I'm going to go to the CV or not CV, Middlesex Community College. Um, I'm going to wrestle there, you know, just get my time and possibly transfer out to wrestle at, you know, a bigger school. And I still never forget the, the one day I just, I was sitting in the parking lot at Middlesex Community College and I was just pissed. And I, I remember texting my mom and just saying, you know, I'd rather be dodging bullets than be doing this. 
you know, I was just so pissed. I was like, I'm not doing anything right now. I just feel like I never left high school. And so, you know, I always had in the back of my head, I wanted to join the Coast Guard. I saw that movie, The, the Guardian with Ashton Kutcher. And I was like, man, I want to be Ashton Kutcher. I want to jump out of the plane. I don't care what it takes. I want to be 30 feet swells and, uh, you know, just not be the guy that dies, his partner. You know, I said, that's yeah. what I want to do. So I went to a Coast Guard recruiter and they said, yeah, it's like a two-year waiting list. So I was like, no way. I'm not, you know, staying at uh, Middlesex Community College. So then, you know, I, I tried. I was like, all right, well, what's, you know, under then? I was like, well, maybe I should try and do like some Navy SEAL stuff. You know, I think I'm still in pretty good shape. So I go talk to the Navy recruiter and like after two times supposed to be meeting with him, he just never showed up. So I was like, all right, forget it. So I was like, all right, what's under that? And then I was like, all right, well, let me talk to the Marines. And then, uh, you know, I was talking to the recruiter and, you know, I said, you know, I love wrestling. And he's like, well, how would you like to get paid to wrestle around the world? I was like, I don't care what I have to do right now. Just sign me up. I don't care where I have to go, what I have to do. I just want to wrestle around the world. I said, you know, that is a dream right there. So then that's how I got in the Marines. Right. So, that's and, awesome. And, and and you talked about, you know, all your friends going to different colleges, different places. And, you know, you were staying in your comfort zone in South Plainfield. So it was great. You actually looked around and, you know, you, you decided to go into, you know, branches of the military venture off and you got out of your comfort zone. However, the same comfort was wrestling. So that's what brought you into deciding to go into Marines. So how was that process? You spent four years there, huh? So uh, I go to boot camp in June 2011. You know, I, I'm a, I already have, you know, they always say, you know, we're going to instill discipline in the military. I already had the discipline from wrestling. There was no question about that. There wasn't no, like, changing me with discipline. You know, I, already, I was already set with that. And, I, you know, I went in thinking, man, I'm going to, you know, I was the heavyweight in high school. I'm going to be just the slowest again, just like in, in the wrestling. And then I get there, and, and I'm looking all around me, and I'm just, you know, we do our physical fitness test and all, and I'm just blowing everyone away. I'm like, wait a second. I, I was, you know, the heavyweight in high school. I'm, I'm still heavyweight. I got to – I'm supposed to be last. I'm supposed to be getting yelled at by people to hurry up. And, you know, I get through boot camp, and it wasn't nothing crazy. It was – because the yelling and screaming, that stuff didn't bother me because I'm already used to that. You know, I was fortunate because the, the wrestling coaches, not only would they yell and scream at you, but they would also put physical pain on you, which, right. well, you know, that's the, one of the greatest parts about being a wrestling coach is you can just cause physical pain as punishment. <laughs> so, I mean, I get through the military at boot camp, no problem. And then I go through my, my training to be a field radio operator because at that point I told the recruit, just sign me up for anything. As long as I get to wrestle – I'm fine. So I get through my training and then I get to, it's called the fleet. That's just your station and all that. So I get there and I already have all the wrestling forms filled out. I'm like, all right, see you guys. I don't know what y'all doing, but y'all could, y'all can have this. I, I'm going to wrestling. So I bring it to my commander and all that. He goes, you know, you just got here. What the heck are you doing? I said, you know, I'm wrestling. See ya. And he goes, no, you're not. I'm not signing this. You're, you know, you're too important to the mission. So I, I never get to wrestle, and I was like, oh, my God. So, you know, I, I really hit a bad point there because, you know, I'm not going to tell you, oh, I, I wrestled or I, I went in the Marines to serve my country. And, you know, what grabbed me was, hey, you get to wrestle. I was like, all right. You know, if, if someone tells you right now you get paid to wrestle around the world, you're not going to ask any questions. you like, all right, where's the, where's the paper? Yeah, you know? where's the dotted line? Yeah, Let's go. You know, that's a dream. <laughs> you know, and I, I was like, you know, I could – 
you know, still wrestle. And, and there was one person that I remember losing at the Virginia duels. And I was like, man, I could get redemption on him. He's wrestling right now. I think uh, Iowa, Bobby Telford. I, I think it was Iowa. But I was like, man, I'm going to get some payback on him for making us not come in second place at the duels. So, you know, I was in the back of my head. And I never, never got to wrestle. So, you know, I had two choices, essentially, you know, because I wasn't happy. Now I was like, you know, I, I, I came here to do this. Now I'm stuck for four years. You know, I miss my family. I miss going home. So, you know, I had to figure out what I can do to better myself and get ready for when I get out of the Marines. And that include going to school. And I was coaching basketball, which I barely knew anything about coaching basketball. I was coaching baseball and football, you know, just so I can, you know, make a difference while I'm still in the military. All right. You think they kind of did that on purpose just to humble you or uh, a little bit? And You're talking about uh, being able to wrestle? Yeah. I think, you know, it comes. it's like an example with police officers. You know, I, I've seen a lot of police officers, they finish the academy, and the first thing they're like is, all right, how, where, why am I not a detective? Where's, where, why am I not like NCIS on TV? You know, why am I – you know, it's like, hey, you got to do – you know, you got to work, work to that position. I, it's – Kind of like maybe uh, if you're like a freshman wrestling at, you know, and you're like, wait, why am I not varsity? Where's my spot? You know, you, you need to work for that. Um, but I never I never actually got to try out or anything like that, which was fine. But, you know, that that was the reason, I, you know, I loved wrestling. And, you know, my best friends in the, the military were the ones who wrestled, you know, and it, it was just it was a pride thing for us. You know, we anytime we work out, it'd be wrestling related. And, you know, it was it, it made me stronger just being around those kind of people. Yeah, for sure. And like, like you said, you wanted to get revenge on that guy that made the team take yeah. second at Virginia duels. And that's something that, you know, I tell people I coach and everything is having pride in your team and not your sport because, uh, and not yourself. Sorry. But you know, a lot of people think wrestling's an individual sport. Oh, it doesn't matter. Team season doesn't matter. For us, it does because it was all about the team. And that's what, you know, life is. Same with being a police officer and being a Marine. You know, it, it's a team effort, right? You're, you're there to serve the country. And then in the police department, you're there to save yourself, save your partner, you know, save mm-hmm. s- save the town essentially, right? And I feel like that's a huge part is, you know, everything is, you know, not about us. It's about a team and a, and a bigger a bigger realm and a bigger deal, right? Yeah, because, I mean, as soon as you start being an individual, I mean, that just impacts the the team itself, and it's a morale crusher. You know, I can give you an example. You know, with coaching wrestling, you know, we had one guy that, you know, we knew he had a chance to be a state champ. That was was a fact. I mean, we were in our back of our heads. We're like, you know, this guy, you know, he's going to – he might be the first state champ we've ever had. But that doesn't mean that now we're just going to focus on him and say, all right, everyone else – you know, we're not going to beat Christiansburg right now. We're not going to beat New Kent as a team. So let's just, you know, throw everyone to the side. You know, it, it's about building a program, and you represent that program. Nobody, you know, at the end of the day, that's great that you have one state champ, but if everyone else, you know, gets knocked out of districts and, you know, you're by yourself, you know, it, it's question, you know, are you just focusing on the good kids and throwing everyone else to the side? And just like, you know, wrestling is so much more than – you know, state titles and all that. It's it just never leaves you. Right. Yeah. So you're you're coaching now too, huh? What what program are you coaching down there? So I'm at Heritage High School right now. I've been there since 2016. So we just finished up in February. We end a little bit earlier than everyone up north. Yeah. So you you came from you know 
a small town, South Plainfield, New Jersey, you know, very, very safe town, low crime rate to now you live in Lynchburg, Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how is that process of just making the move, right? I mean, technically, you're kind of down south from, from east to south, you know, so how is that? How is that transition? It, it was extremely, extremely hard because, you know, if you've always been in one place, you know, for example, being South Plainfield, we knew like, hey, you ain't going to Plainfield. We're not going to go to Plainfield. You know, we're going to stay in South Plainfield. We knew South Plainfield was, you know, our comfort. Um, so, you know, I never experienced anything outside of South Plainfield besides, you know, going to the shore and all that, which, you know, everyone loved doing that. But we never going to transition into, you know, from South Plainfield to military bases wasn't that hard because it's just a military base. It's all locked in. And then coming to Lynchburg, you know, it was, I didn't know anything about it. I just, I didn't look at crime rates. I didn't look at, you know, what happens in Lynchburg. I didn't even know Liberty University, what that was, um, which is a huge part of this city. But, you know. Is that coming, how you ended up? Is that how you ended up down there? Um, was it right out of the Marines? You just decided to go to college down there? No. So, so for me, at least, and this is what I always tell everyone in any kind of job. You know, I, I wanted to be a police officer. I didn't care where it was. You know, I, I didn't. It's because in my opinion, it's not about where you start. It's where you finish. So essentially, I was saying, you know, whoever gives me that chance to prove myself is where I'm going to go. So I applied to a couple places uh, in Virginia, North Carolina. And, you know, the one the thing that for me was our recruiters in Lynchburg, they were just so. And both of them aren't there anymore. They uh, want, both of them retired, but they were just so uh, committed to getting me there. You know, they're like, what can we do? You know, how can we get you there? You know, if I couldn't make an appointment, they're like, all right, that's fine. Just tell us when. And it came down to, you know, they offered me a job uh, for the January Academy. And I was like, hey, guys, I can't get out of the military. They're not letting me get out earlier. So then they're like, OK, well, when can you get out of the military? And I said, uh, probably April 21st. I'm like, all right, you need to start work April 22nd with us. So, you know, with that, I was like, I can't say no to these people. They're really bending over backwards to get me here. And, you know, I'm not going to, you know, let them down. And that's, so that's how I got here. I, I knew nothing about this place. I, I mean, I, I visited a couple times, but it wasn't like I knew anything. Everyone would say, oh, you know, it's a, it's a small town kind of thing. It's, you know, low crime. Well, small town, low crime from South Plainfield to Lynchburg was a huge difference in my eyes. Um, so, you know, it, it was it was a hard transition for me being first. Of all, I was still so far away from family and I was so far away from the beach. You know, that's that's something that, you know, it's a luxury. You know, I love driving down to Seaside or um, Manasquan, like 45 minute drive and being at the beach. You know, we're here. It's like, hey, there, there's no beach. And. You know, you're in, everyone thinks, you know, Virginia, even when we were in school, I used to think, you know, Virginia's all south, like all country. And, you know, I'm in a huge city. I mean, granted, around it, there's, you know, a lot of open area, but I'm in a huge city right now with over, you know, when Liberty's here, there's over 120,000 plus people, you know, and with a police department of 180-ish, I mean, that's, that's a lot of people to, you know, serve. So the transition, it's still hard for me at times. You know, what, when it, the weather gets warm, I think of, you know, I look at Instagram and Facebook and I see everyone at the beach. And I'm like, man, I, I miss that so much. But then when I get to visit it, I really, really enjoy it. Like um, when Johnny Wylam got married, I went to Seaside and I haven't seen Seaside since 
prior to Hurricane Sandy. So, you know, what, what my vision of Hurricane Sandy was, or Seaside, it, it's totally different now. But I still appreciated what it was, you know? Yes, yeah, sometimes it takes... You know, it takes you to get away from something to, to really appreciate it and, and, you know, not take it for granted. Um, but that's super important that, you know, the Lynchburg Police Department wanted you. And, you know, they, they like you said, bend backwards for you. And, you know, I guess they, they fed off your passion. And it, it probably makes things so much better that you're working for a place that really wanted you. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? it, that- it was definitely hard because, you know, I came here with no nothing, you know. So I had a police department just take me in and say, you know, what do you need? You know, do you need help moving in? You know, what, what do you need? What, what can we help you with to, you know, make your time easier here? Because the reality is a lot of us, I mean, just on my platoon, we have two of us from Jersey, two of us from Pennsylvania. I mean, a lot of us aren't, you know, born and born and raised in Lynchburg, Virginia. It's, you know, we're coming from different places. So, you know, we rely on each other. And, you know, I've just been, you know, I've loved working here. It's been, you know, a blessing to work for a department that there's just so much opportunity, you know, career wise, they really support you. I've been to trainings in Baltimore, Virginia Beach. Um, so, I mean, I've the job itself is extremely difficult at times. But I mean, you have a department that really would go do anything for you i can call my sergeant right now who's sleeping and you know if i said i need you here right now you know he wouldn't say what for you he would just get here so uh, even as big as a department we have we're just very close-knit group yeah that's awesome to have it probably feels like you know you're on that south plainfield team again you know doing it, it everything does. together you know that everyone the most comfort things you know everyone's got your back you know, you can, you know, we could stream at each other in practices and all that, but you know, you know, when it came down to matches and all that, if you need someone there for you, they were there for you. And, you know, those are still the people I still talk to, you know, and still close with, you know, or the the ones that wrestle. And, you know, even at the job, you know, we, we still have, you know, a couple of wrestlers that, you know, we, we always talk to each other. And, you know, one of the guys was call, called me probably about three weeks ago, and he said, hey, you know, I was thinking about getting some wrestling mats in the, the police building. Like, what do you think of that? And, I, was, you know, I told him what I thought and how, you know, so much fitness can be done in just that room. That's like a multi-purpose room, and, you know, we could just go at it. You know, it's fine and dandy to go for a run and lift, but, I mean, six minutes of just going at it nonstop, I mean, you you got nothing left in the tank. <laughs> it doesn't so, get I mean, any better than that. <laughs> different kind of shape, and you know that. I mean – it's not, you know, you could run for miles and that's fine dandy, but six minutes is, is it's it's just like a street fight. That whether you're in for 30 seconds or you're going a couple minutes, you're exhausted after. So, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's such a tight knit group that we have. And it's just comfort knowing that, you know, we're going to get in some really bad situations. You know, it, it's, it's bound to happen. You know, we're, we're, we work for an area that, you know, crime happens and it's going to continue, but right. you know, no matter what happens, whether we're, you know, hiding in a position on a house or, you know, we're in the middle of a fight, you know, everyone's going to get there for you. Right. So. Right. So what's the biggest, uh, I guess, the biggest challenge of being a police officer and also what's the biggest reward? Biggest challenge. That is the easiest question. So and this, again, comes down to um it depends on where you work, what you do. Okay. So, and this is other jobs are like this too. So let me see, what's a good example of a job. So if I go talk to a teacher, you know, you know, you're, you're, you're in a you're learning, you're, you're doing all that. Um, 
you know, coaching, you know, it's, it's positive, you know? So for my job, I know for 12 hours, I'm dealing with negativity. Um, there's cause no one calls the police and just says, Hey, I just want to tell a cop I'm having a great day. Like everything's great. Everything's fantastic. Um, no one it's, I have a huge problem. You need to fix it. Um, and even if you fix that problem, it might not be what they like. Um, you know, a, a husband and wife fighting and you have to arrest one of them. Well, maybe that's not what they wanted. Um, so the hardest part is definitely the mental part. You know, you're always practicing safety, safety, safety. But when I'm in the middle of a call, I'm not thinking in the back of my head, oh, man, what if I get shot? What, what if I what if I die? You know, you don't you don't have time to think of that stuff. You need to just react, do what you got to do and stay focused. So the hardest part is, you know, after I get done with that 12 hour shift, you know, I have to, you know, I'll see my girlfriend or talk to my family and you just have to flip a switch, you know, because they're in a good mood now. You know, you're mentally exhausted. You're, you know, you could be physically exhausted. Your body's tired. You know, you maybe got into a fight, but you are just, you need to, the hardest part is flipping a switch. And a lot of people have a hard time doing that where, you know, you get done with your shift and you just want to crash, you know, and then you got, you know, maybe your kids want to see you and all that. And, you know, I, I never had that issue with my dad, you know, being a cop. And I always wondered, like, how is he able to do so easily? And come to find out, you know, he, he told me, you know, what he usually did every day. And, it, you know, it wasn't he wasn't as busy as I was, you know, working. But it's so difficult to, you know, flip a switch and just go back to, OK, everyone's happy. Everyone's positive. You know, you need to now, you know, gain your energy back and not take work home with you. Um, it's just like, you know, if you like in wrestling, if you lost a match, you know, you're going to be down and out, of course, you know, but if you stay down and out the rest of the tournament, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to succeed, you know, and we've all, unless you're a national champ, you, we've lost, you know, right. you, you lost in that tournament where, you know, when you became an all American, you, you had to get through adversity and say, okay, I just lost. I, I can either dwell on this and take it in the next match and lose or move on quick, learn from what I did. So for, for me, the hardest part is definitely, the, the mental part of it where um, especially, you know, people you interact with, a lot of them don't treat you like humans. They, uh, a joke always comes around though. If you, you know, if I go out to get a drink or something or um, to get food while I'm working, someone will just be like, Oh, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. Like, and, and it's, you know, people laugh and joke. Like, and, and for me, it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm just trying to eat, you know, I'm just, I'm just human. That that's all I am. You know, but when, people treat you different it, it definitely puts a toll on you or um people it, it's hard to you know people know me and you know i'm not a bad guy but some people just hate you just because of what you do they only give you a chance it's just i hate you i don't care who you are i don't care what you do you know i just hate you for what you do so it's it's the mental part that is by far the hardest where you know after when i get off at six seven o'clock in the morning you know, I can either, you know, just go right to bed, crash and just be miserable or, you know, think of the positives because that's the hardest part. It's just like the mental health. You know, they're dealing with people who are, pro are having problems and all. And, you know, you need to fix that. You know, but you also need to, you know, in my job, you have to be aware of the mental health part of it. A lot of people don't realize, but the number one killer in police is suicide. That's the number one danger. And the second that is car crashes. You know, we all think, you know, oh, it, it's getting shot and dying. You know, that happens. That's 
there's no doubt about that. But, you know, your mental health is the most important thing. And you have to be aware of that. Um, you know, when I first started, there's no way of of preparing for what you can see. Um, and that was something I didn't understand. And that was something that I went to my father for. And he just, I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't relate. Um, you know, early in my career, I had a, a child death, you know, like a, less than a year old and the person was charged for it. Um, and I was, you know, I was younger and I was like, you know, how, how the heck do you get through this? You know, like what, how do you like not let it bother you? You know, is there something wrong with me? Um, you know, and, and am I a fit for this job? But it's so it's hard to train your brain to like ex- get through those things. And if you don't recognize your mental health, you're, you're not going to succeed in the career. It's going to get you. You're going to go to drinking. You're going to, you know, go to drugs, anything to camouflage it. Um, but what's interesting for me is, um, you know, you get a lot of calls you get used to. So you know, seeing suicides, dead people, like you, you almost get like used to it. Um, like you get numb to it for, for me at least. Cause I've seen so much of it. I've seen death and, you know, traumatic calls that I've been on. Um, and it's not a war story kind of thing. It's more like you just, you almost get numb to it and you have to find somebody, somebody to talk to. And for me, it's obviously my girlfriend because, you know, it's good to talk to someone who doesn't understand that. It's because everyone's going to react different. You know, I can re- uh, act different to a suicide compared to what you might. Um, it depends on, you know, where you come from, where you, what you've done in life, you know, or um, overdose doses, stuff like that. But it's important to know that, you know, you're still human. You know, you it's stuff is going to bother you. Right. But the, What's interesting is how the mind works on some things like, you know, when I'm on a a high stress call, whether it's um, a shooting, a fight in progress, you know, someone's shot, there's a murder, um, uh, someone's calling about killing themselves um, or like a fight, my brain like calms me down, like everything slows down a little bit. Which I don't. I think that happened with experience. You know, I don't get like all amped up. Like, oh man, I'm ready to go. Like, here we go, here we go, here we go. It's like, okay, just take it as as it comes. You know, because one of the like, probably one of like more nerve wracking things when you hear someone on the the radio, one of your partners screaming for help. Like, I need help. You know, I'm I'm fighting someone, and you know, you want to drive like as fast as you can there and go, you know, pedal to the metal. But, you know, you have to recognize also, you know, you're driving on public streets. There might be a kid crossing the street or, you know, you you might lose control. You you have to stay calm. And, you know, that's something I've just gained with experiences. Like if, you know, last week we were on I was on a call where the SWAT team got called out and all that. And, you know, I was just calm. You know, you your mind has to, I don't know if I'm just like something's pumping in my brain, but it's it's afterwards. We're like, oh, my God, what did I just do? Um, but it's about staying in control. So the hardest part of the job, you know, I don't, I don't go into work tonight and I'm not thinking like, oh my God, what if I die? What if I die? You know, I don't, you can't think like that. You have to, you know, trust your instincts. You know, I could walk out my, my house right now and someone could be there and shoot me. You know, I can't worry 24 seven, like you, you won't be able to do your job, but it's the mental part where, you know, you, you might, there's some calls that, you know, you're just not going to, be able to say, okay, this is fine. You know, if you have a child death, everyone has something that bothers them, you know, especially, you know, 
uh, say like you have a death in the family recently and then, you know, you deal with a death on a call or, you know, you've had a family member, something happened to them and then it, like it'll bring back memories. There's just no doubt about that. Um, so it, it's the mental part where you, you really, you, you know, everyone's human. You're, you're gonna have to talk to somebody. You need somebody, you know, that can be a friend that can be anyone. And, and it's nice just to be able to say like, Hey, you know, this is what happened. And you don't need someone to say like, Oh, you know, you're fine. Oh, I, I've been through something like that. It's it's just to listen, um, because it, if you don't, like I said, you're, you're not going to succeed in this job unless you're somewhere where, you know, if you work somewhere where you don't, you know, you just, I don't know, one of the safest places in the country and you're just, you know, you don't do a, a lot of crime, serious crime stuff. You're not exposed to that stuff. You know, it might be a little different. But for me, at least. You know, I started off, you know, training and all, and it wasn't like a slow thing. I was like, bam, murder, bam, death, bam, suicide. It wasn't like, okay, let's just take our time, work our way up the ladder of training. It's like, you need to solve this right now. You know, armed robber, you know, guy with a gun. It's, and you have to be able to process all that. And that can happen in one 12 hour shift. You know, there's nothing that says that's going to, so it's really, you really have to notice the mental part of it. Um, because like I said, if you don't, it's just going to get worse and worse. You might, you know, your family's going to see different because the reality is in this job, you're going to change. Um, you're going to look at people different. Some people, you know, when, when I'm in public, just in my regular car, I'm always looking around for some reason. I'm always noticing things. Um, you know, if you see someone with their hands in their pocket, that might be like something that like, oh man, why is their hands in their pocket? Because, you know, at work, that's something that's like a no, no, you, you're not having your hands in your pocket. I don't know what's in your pocket. Um, so it's, you need to be able to separate police to human. So a lot of people, like for me, I always, my hobbies do not revolve around police work. I don't, you know, go shooting every day. I don't practice SWAT tactics. I don't, you know, talk about police stuff. I don't watch, watch live PD, you know, that would be the job is just taken over you. And there's so much more to me than, you know, the police side of me, you know, I'm a student, I'm, you know, I'm a coach and all that. So that was, you know, one of the reasons why I came to coaching was I had to get back to it, but it's definitely, you know, the mental part that, that people don't understand that aren't really experiencing it. It's just, you know, it, I can't, I can, you know, I've taken psychology classes in college and I've learned about PTSD and all that, but, you know, it's hard to learn from the book when, you know, you, if you're, talking to someone with PTSD, you know, because you're only going by what you read, but unless you're in their shoes, um, it, it's a different ballgame. It was very interesting how, you know, you said you talked to your girlfriend, someone that has no idea about what you're doing, because sometimes, you know, talking to you, having a great team, you know, the police department, yeah, it's great to, you know, have them have your back, but they know what you're experiencing, you know, they don't have that outsider's perspective, and sometimes that's what you need, someone else's opinion, someone outside your realm to give you you know some feedback and just advice and that that's probably uh you know really helpful and not not just you know what you're doing but but for everyone else too getting oh, someone yeah. else's opinion and um you know you mentioned you know you work midnights right and you also yeah. uh you know a wrestling coach um how was it adjusting to just being being on midnights and just changing your whole habit as a person to you know be you know basically sleeping during the day and working during the night so you know, I've never done a job or anything where I've had to stay up and, you know, growing up, I mean, it was fine staying up till three, four in the morning and waking up at 2 p.m. and being like, all right, this is fine. Um, in the military, you know, I worked a 24 hour shift maybe once a month 
but it was, you know, sit at a post and just get through the day and then you get a day off. But nights is it's it's different. So I just so I rotate every six weeks. So right now I just started nights last Wednesday. So I got six weeks of night shift, twelve hours. Um, How do you then, prepare for it? How do you prepare for that? How do you make that transition? It, it, it's 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 extremely hard because I'll tell you. So I worked Wednesday and Thursday. So I got off Friday at seven o'clock. Well, a little bit later, like eight o'clock in the morning. Okay. So now I can decide: Am I going to sleep all day? And just just not hang out with my girlfriend, or am I gonna, you know, suck it up, get a little bit of sleep, but try and transition back to day shift? So like today, I woke up at 9 a.m. and I could not go back to sleep. I said, man, I, I need to at least sleep till noon. Um, but I mean, it's two o'clock now, and I am not going to sleep um, before my shift. So it, it it is hard. Which the one thing that keeps me awake is how busy we get. Um, you don't have time to, you know, relax. We're just going, going, going. But, um, you know, it's when I, I used to be on permanent nights when we had another chief and I just had to stay up all night, even on my off days. And, you know, if I had to play Call of Duty or something and, you know, the only people that were on were the cops on your shift um, and cops still do it like um, being on night shift. They'll still they'll just be waking up now. But I just I need to at least, you know, enjoy the day and get homework done and do stuff. But it's 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 hard for sure. I mean, it's because your body naturally does not want to be awake when it's dark. Um, but I don't drink those energy drinks or coffee and all that. I just I can't do it. I, I, I just stay we stay so busy through the night that you really you really don't have time to relax and just be like, OK, I'm tired. But now when it's time to get off a shift tomorrow at seven o'clock in the morning, I'll be asleep instantly and I'll sleep till like two o'clock and be fine. So it's 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 hard. It's a lot harder with, you know, when when wrestling was going on, it's a lot harder because I'm trying to coach during the day. I got school still going on. Um, so it's, it's definitely a it's, it's a transition, but it's, it's good because you see different times, different types of crime. You know, um, during the day, you know, you're typically not going to have your malicious woundings, your murders, your stabbings and all that. That stuff doesn't usually happen during the day, obviously, anywhere. Um, so you're dealing with different types of crime. You know, you're dealing with shoplifting, um, you know, car break-ins that happened over the night. Now, obviously, at night shift is a complete different beast what you're dealing with, and so it's good to have variety. Um, but it's it's not it's it, it'll be hard this weekend because the way my shifts work is, and it's nice. I only work 14 days a month, mm-hmm. but like this week I have to work Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I'm working at least 60 hours a night shift. But then the following week, I only work Wednesday, Thursday. So it's either you only work Wednesday, Thursday, or you're only off Wednesday, Thursday. So, I mean, by Monday morning, I'm going to be completely burnt out. And it's it's and then I try and transition quick to day shift mode. So I'll try and wake up by like 1 o'clock the latest um, and then try and go to bed like eight hours later. So it, it definitely puts a toll on your body for sure. It's it's but I love 12 hour shifts. It's right. it, you work less time. Um, so it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like, you know, you found your your scheduling and, and your whole uh, your whole routine. And mm-hmm. especially you mentioned wrestling season, you being a student. How do you balance all that out when when it is wrestling season and being a coach and still motivating those kids to wrestle and get them on the mat? So I have been absolutely blessed to have, you know, a uh, command staff and supervisors who really, really support me with the coaching. 
you know, they can easily say, you know, you're only coaching when you're off. That's, that's it. Um, every year they've done some different, but you know, if I'm supposed to work, uh, let's see day shift, say I'm supposed to work 6am to 6pm, you know, I'll say, okay, you can work 2am to 2pm, which is absolutely torture on my body because that is just, I'm just beyond exhausted. Um, but it's it's hard because you just work a 12-hour shift. Now you got kids that, you know, they need you. You know, they, they need your positivity. They need your motivation. Um, and, you know, as I'm getting older, you know, for example, our, our state champ guy, you know, it was easy wrestling him his freshman year. You know, it was fine. I, I could pound him with no problem, you know, beat him with no problem. But, you know, now that he, he was a senior and working a 12-hour shift and then having to wrestle him, you know, it, it takes a toll. It, it's It's difficult. Um, and then just mixing school with it just makes it even harder. Um, cause I go to school full time. I just finished my undergrad in May of last year and now I'm writing to grad school. So it, it's a balancing. That's why, you know, this morning, the first thing I thought was, man, I gotta get homework done. You know, on my days off, I'm thinking, man, I, I just gotta get my homework done. This is, but wrestling is, it's extremely difficult cause every weekend, you know, we're going to tournaments. Um, for my school, at least where we do a lot of individual tournaments, so this year we got to go to Beast of the East. Um, I took three of the kids. Um, but every weekend we pretty much were at one or two day tournaments. And I mean, they they take a, they are grueling. I never realized how bad they were because, you know, I, when we were in high school and all that, those tournaments didn't seem terrible. You know, I could take a nap somewhere and no problem. You know, as a coach, like, okay, where's one kid? This kid's here, this kid's here. I got to run over here. I'm being worried about his bracket, who he's got. Um, so, I mean, it is exhausting. That's why every March I take a vacation because I just need to shut down yeah. and unwind. So it's – but wrestling, you know, coaching wrestling is like the positivity after going after a 12-hour shift. You know, they don't they don't know. They don't care about, you know, what I did at work. They, they just want me there. And, you know, seeing them succeed is what, you know, gives me positivity and um, – it's it's definitely hard though it's it's a lot of people don't go to school and i mean i have to coach too because i spend more time coaching than work i mean that's just a reality if i'm either at a practice or i'm doing you know a call with one of the coaches or anything like that or you know those tournaments are just grueling they're just a complete grind and then having to go i mean we did one tournament this year it didn't end until 1 a.m the first day Oh, and like, wow. uh, I think we need to shut it down. Christiansburg, of course. You know, you would think <laughs> their legacy, they would have a, you know, a pretty structured tournament. And 1 a.m., I'm like, all right, I think, you know, we need to, like, stop this now. I mean, so that's just – and starting at, like, 6 in the morning that day, it's like, come on now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's – I mean, I really appreciate what, you know, our coaches did for us because, you you know, you didn't realize it until, you know, you're on the you're on the opposite side. Now you're on the dark side, and you're like, man. You know, they're, yeah. they're, you know, we got a lot to deal with with these kids. Yeah, you put in a lot of time because you're passionate about it. And what's interesting is you're serving your community two ways, being a police officer and giving back to the wrestling community. So that's that's very awesome. And, you know, it's it's something that, you know, is is a, they should be, you know, I hope, you know, they're probably very appreciative for it. And so, uh, it's you know. funny how, like, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't start coaching because I wanted to essentially it's weird how I started coaching. I hit a point in my career where like, I, I need to get, I need to get into wrestling. I said like, I need to get back somehow. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm starting Liberty. So, you know, maybe I should wrestle for Liberty. I was like, you know, that wouldn't be a bad idea. They're a club team, you know, maybe won't be as strict as a commitment with me working full time. But 
I was like, or, you know, I can coach. I got two options here. And I was, I guess, 26. And I was like, you know, I, I don't know if I can still handle, you know, dealing, wrestling 18, 19 year olds in the prime. But I really, it, it took me a while because at first I was leaning on, I, I need to get back into wrestling. I want to wrestle in college. I want to wrestle at Liberty. You know, I'll be fine. I can do it. You know, I should have a successful career there. It's not like Division One. Um, straight, you know, big competition is, you know, club sport, very relaxed, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I thought that would be a good stepping stone. So, um, not realizing that, you know, they were, it was still extremely competitive there. It wasn't like, you know, it, it's interesting uh, that, you know, these kids and Liberty, cause you know, I, I'm, a, I watched them and all that and I've helped with their clubs, you know, they, they are you know, they're no different than anyone else. They they want it just as bad just because they're a club team doesn't mean, you know, they're they're soft or anything. They are, you know, just as competitive. They are mean. They're not going to, you know, back down. And, you know, yeah, one of they the, want to be there. They're solely doing that because they want to be exactly. there. Exactly. And that's know? just so passionate. You know, it's it's not like they're getting scholarships. It's, it's literally, you know, they're wrestling just because they love it. They don't want to stop it. You know, but they, I mean, they are, especially Larry, they are an extremely good team. They got um, this one guy, he's the heavyweight or one under that. Um, he was wrestling at Virginia Tech, and now he's at Liberty. I mean, it is, um, it's, so, you know, that that went in my mind where I was like, you know what, maybe, you know, I I, I need to do something else. You know, these guys are, like, way more committed. They, because they got, you know, this is their full-time job is, you know, still wrestling. It's you know, just because they're a club sport don't mean they're not just as committed. You know, they still are doing the grind 24-7. So, and I was like, all right, well, I'm again coaching. And it was, coaching was extremely hard at first because, you know, in my mind, I had, you know, South Plainfield wrestling. You know, it is going to be torture. People yeah. are going to cry. It is going to be, you know, we're going, you know, we don't have to know every single move in the third we're period. <laughs> you know, we're winning the third period, you know, we're, that's the reality of it. And, you know, that's how I was, you know, successful in wrestling, at least, but, you know, I wasn't the best of the best, but when it came down to the third period, that was my, that was my match, you know? So in my, in my head, I was like, all right, these guys, you know, they're going to be tough, you know, they're going to be ready to go. They're going to know what I, they need to know. We're just going to fine tune it all. And it was, it was a hard transition because I had in my mind, stop playing field not knowing that it, it wasn't South Plainfield anymore, you know. And for me, at least, I felt more rewarding for being at this team than, you know, going to the county next door who has a fairly successful team, Brookville. Um, they've been at Virginia Duels and all that, you know. But I, I could have chose to, you know, volunteer there and help out there. But it's just the, the – it's so rewarding being able to see these kids just grow. You know, it's – it's not like these kids have wrestled all their lives. We don't, we don't have a recreation program here. Most of these kids, they're starting. I mean, I'll be lucky if they started, you know, in eighth grade. Most of them not. But it's it's so rewarding knowing that, you know, I don't I do not do it, you know, to say, like, you know, I'm giving back or anything. You know, you know, just like you say, you know, it's for the kids. It, you know, you for do it. That's, it's exactly, you know, that's exactly how it is. I don't care if, you know. If my the one guy I didn't care if he was a state champ. It, it's what you learned from the sport. It's what you know what I could have done to help you get to the next level. Whether that's you know for you going for them getting to high school, um, high school getting to the next level, or just you know succeeding in life. So for me, it wasn't like oh I, I'm doing this to give back. I'm doing it because I love the sport, and you know the sport did so much for me that I I need to give it back to them. Um, and you know, it, it, it wasn't, it's not about, 
you know, it was never about wins or losses. You know, I will always have pride that, you know, we won the state title my senior year. I will, you know, that's still the proudest moment of my life. You know, saying, you know, we were, it was a wrestling moment that was the proudest moment. It wasn't, you know, hey, I, I became a police officer. That's the proudest. You know, it was wrestling because I worked so hard for those moments. Um, so that that's really, it's it's so much more than just wins or losses. You know, I, I thought that I would, you know, have the feeling, oh, my God, my, my wrestler, he was a state champ. The life goes on. You know, you can't just dwell on that and, and hold that. You know, you still got, you know, there's so much more. You learn way more from that than having that. Right. Um, that's and it interesting, yep. Yeah. yeah, so, like, right. for, like, for my kids, you know, none of them, you know, came out, you know, successful. They weren't, like, starts, uh, state champs or freshman year or, like, beast or all that. They were nobodies. You know, they, they started at the bottom and they slowly work up. You know, my, my 320-pounder, he placed third in the state two years. His junior, uh, sophomore, junior year, just third place. Couldn't, couldn't even touch the first place guy. You know, so it's what I love about it is like the, these kids start with nothing. They failed. You know, they've gotten their butt kicked. You know, and they had to work to get to that level. And it's, it's the journey. You know, journey through destiny. You know, it's there the it is. journey yeah. that is worth it. You know, and I, I tell you, this is random, but I was thinking about it in my head, and you know, this is from the outside looking in. You know, just like, you know, for you, for it's inspiring for me to see like what you're doing, because and this, like I said, this is me know nothing. I look at, you know, WWE superstar. And I'm like, well, their dad was, you know, a professional wrestler. You know, it couldn't, it, you know, they had to work for it. But, you know, you started, you know, straight bottom, you know, and you, you're hitting, you're going to hit bumps. I mean, if this coronavirus isn't a bump, then I don't know what is a bump. But it's just it's it's, it's the journey that I just love so much seeing with wrestling and even professional careers, just how, you know, the, for you, you know, I, I look at um, just random wrestlers like uh, Natalia, for example, you know, her, her family was in that. So, you know, she had an easier, you know, not comparing, but, you know, her route could have been a lot easier than, than you. And for you, it's like, you know, you got to start bombing. You got to work, 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 work. And it's the end goal, but it's the journey that you went through that will make you like appreciate it. Just like, now, your college wrestling career, you know, you, you know, you can look back and be like, you know, I worked all this to get here, you know, and it was the journey that was, I learned so much about, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it, it, it is all about the journey and learning from those mistakes, you know, it builds character and, and who you are. And, you know, like you said, with your program, building these kids from the scratch, you know, turning them into, you know, champions in life, not just on the mat. And, uh, you know, that's what I, I take pride in, you know, taking pride in that journey, knowing the progress you've made, you know, because sometimes when, when you get those accomplishments and, and get those those girl those goals done early in your career, you know, that's it. You're satisfied. But yeah. having that chip on your shoulder always makes you get to that next level, wh yeah. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I asked everyone this, your adversity moment. What is something, you know, adversity related that happened in your life that is part of your a part of journey oh you broke up for a second all right i'll, I'll repeat it again so all i call right. this the adversity can you hear me now yeah 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 right. so i call this the adversity moment what is something that happened in your life adversity related you know that that changed who you are and is part of you and part of your story and journey now wow so adversity definitely um I would say it was it was probably 
early in my police career um, where I, I, I felt extremely lonely, um, where I felt like, you know, there was people in my life, you know, friends, family, whatever, but that didn't, I still felt lonely. Um, I was dealing with a lot of um, calls for service as a police officer that, you know, I never experienced that, you know, was hard for me to deal with. Um, and I was letting the job get the best of me. You know, I was thinking like, you know, everything had to be about police, talk about police, like everything. And that's it. Um, and I found myself, you know, thinking like there is there's got to be so much more that I'm missing out on in life because I'm so consumed by this job um, where I just had nobody. You know, I look back and I was like, wow. You know, and I and I would look back at, you know, childhood and high school and be like, wow, I had so many people, so many friends and all that. And, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't have that anymore. You know, I, I, I would think, you know, oh, look at the good times and all that. And I don't have those good times. Um, and I, I felt my, I felt like I was at a dead end. I was like, you know, I don't, why am I in Lynchburg right now? What am I doing here? I feel like I'm not making any progress. I just, I feel like I'm going through the motions. I wasn't happy with my job. Um, you know, the calls were again to me. I just felt mentally, mentally exhausted. Um, and, and it took me realizing that I had to find out who I was. I think that, you know, we, we go through stages in life, you know, in high school, I was this person and, you know, I was, the reality is I, I considered myself a follower. I was just doing what everyone else was doing, you know, so I went through that phase and then I went in the Marines and I grew up a little bit more. And then, you know, I, I'm now I'm, I see myself, you know, 26 at the time. And I'm like, you know, who am I? You know, what am I? I, I don't know who I am. You know, I've been through so many phases. I went from, you know, Mr. Knows Everybody to now nobody. Um, and I don't know who the heck I am. Um, and that's when it took me realizing, like, what what is it that I, I want to do in my life? What What is Bobby like? Um, and that's how I randomly got involved in scuba diving and Spartan races. I, I it, it took me just really sitting down and figuring out like what self care I had to go through. Um, and that's really what got me through, you know, some difficult calls at, at my work was I really, I was just so consumed in it and I just needed to find like an outlet, um, a healthy outlet, not that I ever did an unhealthy outlet, but like something, you know, I always loved running and that was something I always did, but I had to do something. I just felt like I was going through a pattern of work, school sleep work school sleep work school and you know it was i just hit a point where i was like you know what am i doing with my life what am i i just see it you know i'm looking at people back home and they just seem so much happier than me and i just i realized that you know i just had to find out who i was um and in that you know process i ended up getting involved in a church and you know really getting involved with the wrestling and it really you know i always tell people you know you have to find out what you like to do you know, especially like, you know, if you're in a relationship or you're with your family, you know, just because you're with someone, you know, it's it's you're allowed to do stuff you guys like to do, but you have to figure out still what you like to do. And they need to support that, you know, just like in your wrestling professional wrestling career, you know, whoever you're with, they have to support that. You know, that's something you love and they have to understand traveling and being away, you know, just like, you know my girlfriend, she has to understand like, Hey, you know, with my work, you know, you, I'm going to be away, you know, I'm, bad things might happen, you know? 
So I, I think it came down to just I hit a, a dead end in my life where I was just like, what what am I doing? I just feel like I have nobody like this. I just feel like I'm wasting my time, but I have no direction. Um, and I just really it really came down to just believing that I had a purpose here because I'm still here. I'm still in Lynchburg. I, you know, when I first came here, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to be here for maybe a year and see ya. Like, I'm out of here. Like, I don't want to be in the mountains. I want to be like city life, like beach life. And five years later, and I'm, I'm still here. And, you know, I just finished the process to be a school resource officer here. And next week I have a process to be a hostage crisis negotiator. You know, so it's like, you know, I, I, I had to figure out what I really wanted to do in life. And, you know, that, that passion came from kids, you know, saying like, you know, I need to make a difference in these kids' lives. You know, I've seen too many calls involving kids being uh, in crimes. And I said, you know, I, I need to make that difference. So I, I think that I, I think that everyone needs to go through the adversity. You know, that's that's where you learn. I don't know what quote or what show I saw from, but someone was saying how they love failing. It's It's great to fail because that's the only way you learn. You know, if you always get everything you want, you know, every time, you know, you go up for a promotion, you get a promotion. Anytime you want this, you get that. But then as soon as you fail, you panic. So, I mean, I've, I am so blessed to have failed in life. I am so thankful that I've, I've had to go through adversity so many times in my life um, because it only makes you stronger. You know, if, if life, you know, if you, if you were a sheltered child, you know, never left the house and all that, and then all of a sudden you just go to college in a big city and all that, and then you don't know anything, you know, that's a struggle. You know, you never had to be on your own and all that. Well, you know, being in the military, that I had to learn quick to be on my own. And being out here, I had to learn to be on my own and take care of myself. And, you know, no one's going to be there. You know, you got to do it on your own. You know, no one's going to pay your bills. You got to pay your bills. Those, you know, you got to save money. So, um, I mean, the reality is it's it's that adversity is the I just love going through. I love failing. I love going through difficult situations because that's how you learn. I mean, that's how you learn through life. I'm, yeah, that's, how, that's how you shape who you are. And it, it, that leads to the last and final questions. Um, it leads perfectly is who is Bobby Sachs and what do you want to be known for? Who is Bobby Sachs? So I, for me at least – I say I am a Christian, number one. Um, I am definitely a caregiver. You know, I, I love helping people. That's what was the second part of it? Just so I don't forget. And what do you want to be known for? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm a police officer. You know, I'm nobody special. I'm just I'm just human. You know, I'm someone who, you know, felt that being a police officer was my calling in life. It doesn't change who I am. I am someone who still loves to laugh, have fun. Um, and, and that's, and, you know, I'm obviously, you know, a wrestling coach, you know, those, that is who I am. It's, it's what I love. You know, I, I definitely am someone who will always chase after stuff. I'm never going to stop searching and, and go for my goals. And then what I want to be remembered for is, is simply someone who just put people first, everyone before them. You know, I, I've had so many instances. I had someone text me this week and asking if I can do a news article for a, a, a picture that went viral. But and for me, it, it was, you know, I, I don't want to be remembered as someone who, you know, did stuff and, and got known for it. I don't want to, you know, be known for times I've saved lives or 
anything like that. I, I went in this job to make a difference. And I always felt like that was just my calling is to make a difference in people's lives. I didn't have to be physically saving someone's life. I just, I always had a goal younger, middle school, even maybe even younger. I always wanted to save someone's life. And I always thought that that meant like physically saving someone's life. I thought, you know, you think, oh, jump in the ocean and save that drowning person. Or, you know, someone gets shot and you need to do CPR and save their life. You know, those things, you know, that that is saving lives. But I, I learned as I got older, especially as a police officer, my calling was not to physically save people's lives. Even though I do it, it's to make a difference in people's lives. Um and and that's just doing good in this world that's not you know i always tell people it's i always get complimented oh you know you're you're very nice and all that and and it's in my opinion it's just so much easier to be positive and be nice you know i can go to work tonight and be pissed off like man i'm gonna be tired i gotta work all night it's gonna be busy crazy or i could just be thankful and just be positive and so i really just want to be remembered for you know not making a difference in as many people's lives as possible, whether that's mental, uh, physical, um, or just just helping them in their in their journey, um, and that's that's really what it comes down to. I don't, you know, I'm not someone that, you know, this is probably a little bit going off track, but you know, I didn't I didn't start going to church because someone was talking to me about it or saying like, hey, you know, threw a Bible in my face, you know, that that kind of stuff like pushed me away. It was just me and someone. I was like, I don't know how, what's going on in their life, but I want to have their life, like go do what they're doing in life. You know, I don't know how they're, you know, they have a lot of positivity and all this. I just need to figure out like what, what they're doing in life to, uh, you know, how, live the life they're doing. And, and that's what, can, and that's how I just want to live my life is just live through example. You know, it's, it's, you know, I failed. I'm not perfect. I'm, I didn't grow up, you know, in the house where, you know, I, I went to church every Sunday and, um, you know, stuff like that. I, you know, I had to learn and I had to fail and, you know, I had to see things in life to just really appreciate. So I just want to, I want to be remembered as someone who truly loved people and would do anything for them. You know, it's, it's never about putting me first. It's about, you know, what can I do to make someone's day better? How can I impact someone's life and if i could do that to just one person then it, it just makes all worth it you know it's my job is extremely rewarding at times it, it really is you know i i've done stuff that i am forever thankful that i was able to do um saving lives and all that but you know it's it's more of the impact i've had on people that is the greatest reward out of anything just being able to you know as a coach, you know, steer someone in the right direction or, you know, help someone in a crisis, a mental crisis or, you know, little things like that. Um, I, one yeah. just scenario, I just remember more than anything. Um, in 2017, I, I had a call and I, I mean, this is public, this isn't private and all that because I got offshored a month for it, but I, there was a guy with a knife to his throat. Um, and he really, he wanted us to end it for him. And, you know, it was in, you know, did, did he, you know, harm himself where I had to save him? No, but I was able to talk him out of having a knife in his hand and, you know, live a life 
continuing. And, you know, those are, those are the things I want to be remembered for. I don't need to re be remembered for, you know, success or having college or, you know, having a, a career. It's that I just want one person to be like, you know, if it wasn't for this man, you know, my life would be different, you know, and, and that's really what it comes down to. And I think if everyone has that goal of just trying to make a difference in people's lives and, you know, whether it's for the kids or, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I think that's what we're here for at least. Right. And I, I like that, how you said, you know, you wanted to save lives, but you know, you're saving lives, you know, physically, but also mentally and, and changing lives is important. So, uh, I'm wearing my dare shirt. So <laughs> perfect. But, uh, where, if people want to message you, you know, talk to you, you know, the very powerful message you have, where could they find you? Um, so the best thing to do is probably message me on Facebook. Um, I'm very big on, um, talking to people, especially that are trying to go into career law enforcement. I've had, especially like I told you, you know, it'd be awesome if you came down here and did a ride along when this is all clear. You know, I always, you know, I'm, if anyone has questions about law enforcement, um, like I said, it's always good to reach out to several different people. My experience is going to be extremely different from another person, a whole bunch of people. You know, it's just, it comes down to the kind of person you are, you know, where you work, what you do, um, and what you've experienced. That, that's the reality. So, I mean, especially for people who are looking to get in law enforcement or really, I mean, mental health part of it. I mean, I've been through a lot with this job and, you know, just because it's a different situation doesn't mean, you know, it's it's not bad to just talk. And, but that's, that's definitely what I recommend. A lot of people, they I just give a, a broad example. You know, a lot of people ask me, you know, what what do I study in to be a cop? And reality is, you can study zoology, and you know, they they're not going to say, oh, we want a criminal justice. You know, it's it just comes down to you know, educating and all that. But like I said, especially if anyone wants to come down here and work for us, I mean, I mean, especially you, you want to come down here, we'll take you. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. it, it's a different. Uh, piece, but. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 stick with the, the ride along and uh get the daily life of uh of bobby Sachs and may, maybe wrestle with your guys sometime but, uh, i i appreciate your time thank you for your story um you know and and thank you for your service and and everything that that you're doing you know positive influence on your on your uh community and everything and I, i'm proud of of you and, and seeing everything that you're doing on your Facebook and your social media. And it's, it's great to see that you're, you're making a difference and thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks. I appreciate you. Max says there's still a valuable lesson to be learned here. The good thing behind it is I hope it like just inspires people just try and make people's days better.